0: This is the Rich Eisen show. 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 show, Every single person I mentioned won a championship in their careers. The Rich Eisen show. That's what the legacy's at stake for Lamar Jackson, Mister Not Quarterbacky Enough. I felt like if we wouldn't turn the ball over, we definitely would have had a shot. The NFC Championship game will forever be remembered for the decisions that Dan Campbell made in the second half. Just crush you. Dude.
1: The Rich Eisen show.
0: Today's guests: two-time Super Bowl champion and Greenlight podcast host. Chris Long, Super Bowl champion, offensive tackle, Mitchell Schwartz. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on the Monday after Championship Sunday, which means we know who's making Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the Chiefs and it's the 49ers and oh my goodness, do we have so much to talk about over the next three hours and of course as soon as we're done on this program there's overreaction monday for our podcast so uh there's not enough runway for us basically for us to fly and uh, land this plane after a wild weekend in all of sports the nba having a conclusion of its most exciting week maybe Uh, in recent memory, and uh, there's our phone lines. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. Chris Long, in his usual spot, first up in the first hour, he will no doubt tell us what the Chiefs did right. Ravens could not do, and then the Lions did well enough, but not well enough to hold off the San Francisco 49ers to take... The NFC Championship game, instead of losing three of those bad boys in a row, they go back to the Super Bowl, and it's a rematch of Super Bowl 54. And Lions fans, we're here for you today. The famed Rich Eisen Show bro hug for anybody that's out there. And and we send our condolences your way because it sure looked like you are going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada, Eight four four two zero four. rich number to Don Mitchell Schwartz, longtime Kansas City Chief, who won Super Bowl 54 with Mahomes and the rest of the gang. He'll be here in hour number three to tell us what he saw on the field in Baltimore, Maryland. Good to see you over there, Christopher. How are you? Hey, great. DJ Mikey D is in D's nuts. What's going on? Good morning, Rich. I don't know what's wrong with you. What's You're right on? over there. You okay?
1: Yeah, I was hoping
0: for two different teams, but whatever. Okay, very good. TJ Jefferson, so good exactly. to see you over there.
1: I mean, it's good to see you. I was kind of already having thoughts that Eminem was going to be on set with us in Vegas, and he and I were going to rap a song together, and now it's just not going to happen. It was
0: almost Eminem versus Taylor Swift for almost, a second there. Man, we were close okay, that would have been that shady in the building.
1: That, that would have been bro- bro- that broken. Uh, DJ, like that would have broken international. TJ, don't lose yourself in that. Yeah, don't. Right. Come on now. That's
0: it. That's All oh, right. So many different ways that we could start this program. With the Chiefs looking inevitable again, we could start this show with what went wrong with the one-seeded Ravens, and we could definitely start this show with Dan Campbell's decision-making. But I'm going to zig or zag when everybody else is zigging because I'm sure Dan Campbell's getting lit up everywhere else at the top of everybody else's show right now. Wow. And we will discuss what Dan Campbell's decision-making wrought in uh later on in this program and we'll take your phone calls on that matter 844-204-RICH number to dial but I'm going to start with the San Francisco 49ers I'm going to start with them and I'm going to start with Brock Purdy because I will tell you one of the top storylines coming up over the next 10 to 14 days and get ready for it I'm sure it's even starting right now in some other places Get ready for it. Purdy's game-managing, game-changing matchup with him versus Mahomes and how he's going to do against Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs defense, and there's enough time for all that stuff. And how shaky he looked against the Green Bay Packers. And then in this game against the Detroit Lions, who needed only about – 90 seconds of game time to take their first ever lead in the history of the NFC Championship game for them. And Brock Purdy throwing a couple at the Green Bay Packers secondary and they dropped the ball and this time around the Lions didn't and took that turnover and turned it into points to take a 17-point lead on the 49ers in this game. He couldn't blame the rain. It's a nice night, nice afternoon, nice night. Couldn't blame Debo Samuel's shoulder. He was playing. Mm -hmm. He looked as spry as 19 could ever look as spry. Can't blame it on um, anything else. Couldn't blame it on, uh, how about this, the rust. Remember that? They didn't play their starters in week 18 and then had a week off. Couldn't blame the rust. You played last week. And then the second half hit. And I understand Dan Campbell made decisions that kind of let the 49ers off the hook because of the way they made the opportunities hit. You can't have the door opened for you by your opponent coach's decision-making without walking through it and blowing it open. And Brock Purdy got lucky to start When after Dan Campbell decided not to go for a three-point lead again, just try to press the pedal to the metal and try to keep the ball and maybe take a three-touchdown lead, not a three-score lead. When he decided to just leave the door open for the Niners and Purdy goes up top, And a ball hits the defender's hands and winds up in his receiver's hands. Everybody's going to hang their hat on. He was lucky. Sometimes you need that instead of being good. Because a couple snaps later, Purdy was good. He found Ayuk in the end zone. That was a dart. That was a dart. And then the comeback was on. The defense comes up with a takeaway of Jameer Gibbs, the brilliant rookie who... Helped get that 17-point lead. Took the ball away. Purdy comes back. Touchdown. And the thing that I was really impressed with for Brock Purdy was when the game was on the line, he used his legs also. Showing you he's got not just neck up, and sometimes he's got to set those feet and make the throws, but when push comes to shove, he can run the football, too. This is something the Chiefs better watch out for. They thought maybe, what, they were done with running quarterbacks after they they kept Lamar in the pocket in the AFC Championship game so expertly? Well, guess what? Brock Purdy had three scrambles in this game. All of them for first downs. All of them. Second and 11 from the Detroit 25. Down 24-17 to 17. after that drive that the Brandon Ayuk tip ball winds up in his hands. And after they made it 24-17 and after they got the turnover and it's second and 11 from the Detroit 25 just on the outside of the red zone, he scrambles for 21 yards down to the four-yard line. Guess what happens? Touchdown. Tie game. Later on, from the Detroit 23-yard line on another drive, later on in the fourth quarter, second and six, what does he do? Of a tie game, a 24-all, 10-yard scramble inside the red zone. Two sacks, though. What does he do after that? A seven-yard pass to Debo to keep things on the up and up for Jake Moody, who, bless him, Moody, Split these uprights to give the Niners a lead. And then later on, after Dan Campbell makes one more head-scratching decision to not go for a game-tying field goal, to go ahead and go for it on fourth down and give the ball back to the 49ers, what does he do on third and four from midfield, the Detroit 49? He scrambles it for 21 yards to the Detroit 28. What happens later on? Touchdown. Those are the points that the Niners needed to stave off the Lions. Brock Purdy, getting it done with his legs. As a matter of fact, if he didn't have to take that three-yard loss at the end of the game because they needed him to just dance around for a bit to get rid of the clock and win the game, he would have had one fewer rushing yard on Championship Sunday than Lamar Jackson. And he overcame an interception. And he loves to play football. You could see it. And his team loves him. Mike, um, Kyle Shanahan had this to say after the game about Purdy. I thought it was the difference between winning and losing. Um, He made some
2: big plays with his legs, um, getting out of the pocket, moving the chains and some first downs, getting some explosives. Uh, He competed his ass off today and it wasn't easy for any of us, but uh, he kept grinding and uh, was unbelievable there in the second half.
0: Difference between winning and losing. Christian McCaffrey, who did his thing. MVP. It's tough to argue, isn't it? 20 carries, 90 yards. Four catches, 42 yards. Two touchdowns on the ground for McCaffrey. My goodness. My goodness gracious. And at one point, he would have have had a third. Elijah Mitchell came in and scored that last touchdown to put him up by 10 because he landed on his head. He had to come out for a, for a snap. This is what McCaffrey had to say about Purdy after the game.
2: Man, I, I have, I don't have, you know, enough good things to say about Brock. You know, he's all he's done since he's been here uh, is play at an elite level and everything starts with him. Um, and I'm just really, we're lucky. He's our quarterback. You know, I mean, he takes a lot of heat for absolutely no reason. You know, all he's done has been a great leader, been a great player and, uh, I'm so proud of him. And, um, Pumped up that I get another one with him this year. He sure does. It's called the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, Nevada.
0: Let's hear from the man himself. I, I hope he's ready for what's coming over the next 13 days because the other guy is, uh, is, the, is the greatest under-30 quarterback in the history of the NFL in terms of all the metrics, and we'll show you later about that. Because, as you know, Tom had a pretty great career from 30 on that Mahomes is going to have a tough time matching that. But right now he's ahead of pace. But again, that's later on. So Purdy is going to have to get ready for the comparisons because it's going to be difficult for him. Although he does have the nice soft landing of being a Super Bowl quarterback in just year two, despite being the last pick in a draft two seasons ago. Here's Purdy. Yeah, it's huge. Um
2: Obviously, just the feeling of of you know redemption coming back um it's it's huge man and and for all of us to what we went through, i guess last year this whole year's been crazy. you go through highs, you go through lows, and even in this game, the season's line, you're down seventeen and then
1: to to see the the clock hit zero and, and you're up' is special to all of us and so obviously we have one more job's not finished, but um i'm i'm just I can't tell you
0: guys how proud I am of, of the team to fight. Now, of course, Brady's name is going to get thrown about because of Mahomes is chasing Brady and Brady's childhood team is the 49ers and Brady's going to loom over these entire proceedings over the next two weeks just because he's Tom Brady. Also, you know, he, I assume he'll be in Vegas. He might be knocking on the door of ownership there and whatever. The reason why I bring him up is again, I just remember when Tom was fresh faced and everybody's wondering, oh, he can't do it because Brady was still learning. He was learning on the job. And you know what? I think that's what Brock Purdy's doing. I think Brock Purdy is still learning on the job. And it's going to be a tough comparison because the other guy, he's not learning anything. He's the one schooling. He's schooling everybody in Mahomes. And Purdy is learning on the job, as one would think the last pick in last year's draft, not this year's draft, last year's draft would be doing and the kickers learning on the job too by the way my guy from Michigan yeah he's a rookie yeah. and, and and so he missed another kick and the niners just keep on plugging along they're back in the super bowl and they love Brock Purdy who again a lot of people are waiting for him to fall on his face for whatever reason and um and twice he's fallen down and he did get up against the packers last drive against the Lions, second half. Arms and legs and heart. And I think Niners fans, that's why they, as I said on game day morning yesterday, in talking about Brock Purdy's struggles, Chris Berman famously says, the Buffalo Bills, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. But I said, with all due respect, Boomer doesn't have a Twitter account. Because if anybody twitches in the direction of being critical of Purdy not being the guy, you know, Niners fans, turn your mentions into a total dumpster fire right on the Right on the spot. Factual. So, um, but I'm giving him his flowers right now because what will be lost today and perhaps tomorrow, and then the media will then turn the page to the two teams that are still playing and, of course, playing against each other in the biggest game there is that America can stage and export, that um, it's going to be all about Dan Campbell's decisions. But those decisions don't mean anything if they don't take advantage of it. And the guy who was the one who took advantage of it the most is Brock Purdy. And everyone will be focused on the the the, the lucky bounce. You know, but there were the, the scrambles, there were the, the dime throws. He made earlier in the game, he took one directly in the chops and threw one to Debo Samuel for a first down. There was one where he looked dead to rights in the pocket, scrambled to his left, and found Kyle Juszczyk on the sideline. He made some great throws and was taking it in the chest and at one point in the mouth. Remember he was down on the ground and it looked like he got roughed Mm -hmm. and he's bleeding from his lip. So, well done, man. Brock Purdy is a Super Bowl quarterback. Now all he's got to do is just hit the wide-open receiver over the top in the last couple minutes if they need that throw. Because that's something Garoppolo couldn't do, as we all know, the last time these two teams faced in the Super Bowl. But that's for another day. Today, the Niners move on. And you are there to give us a call. 844-204-RICH, number to dollars. See, phone lines are already lit. We've got a couple open. Let's uh, Let's get them all lit. Why not? Certainly in time to have conversations with you, but we will take a break and talk about all of this with Chris Long, two-time Super Bowl champion, our usual Monday sage about what we just saw. Chris Long of the Greenlight Pod and Inside the NFL when we come back. Hey, folks. It's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, So we're back here on our program. Um, So here's the scoop. There was a moment in the AFC championship game, huge moment in this game, big, where the Ravens are down 17-7. They're on the Kansas City 41. It's third and nine in the third quarter. 325 to go in that third quarter. And at the very least with Justin Tucker, you feel if you just get a couple yards, they're going to kick a field goal and make it a one-score game, right? And instead, Lamar takes a sack. Justin Reed gets him. So I reach for my phone, and I tweet out, what a massively huge sack. That makes
1: sense.
0: <laughs> okay. And think nothing of it. Put my phone down. Oh. How, how could you not? Think nothing of it. It's a massively huge sack.
1: Yeah, why would you think anything <laughs> right. about Well,
0: that? then I looked at my mentions, Chris. Oh. And they were all filled with why he laughed, because— <laughs>
1: sophomores like TJ. All,
0: all filled with that's what she said don't make me blush rich is one that's what she said there you go jeff schmidt i mean i can't say it. so i guess jeff there's a site make it a quote and there it is hold on. put that up one more time if you don't mind what to use that photograph as well it's very classy on the left what a massively huge sack wow which it was you guys you guys need some more highbrow humor excuse me it's still going on today as it should. Really? Why? Hi, oh, I got a lot of what are we do- what are we doing? I got a lot of the memes from uh from the office. I got a lot of pause. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny where you took it the way I intended it. It's a huge sack. It was a massively huge sack. You can't take the sack there. You can't. Justin Tucker would have made it a one-score I game know. in the AFC Championship game and instead, My balls was
1: hot <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, then, and then you back took here it, on the Rich Eyes and Show 844 204 two Rich number to dial I'm on the Rich Eyes and Show radio network I'm sitting at the Rich Eyes and Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry Granger has the right product for you call clickgranger.com or or just stop by all right mm. we're back here on the program joining us from Greenlight Pod our friend two-time Super Bowl champion Oh, taking final notes, getting set to uh, have our chit-chat after Championship Sunday. None other than the great Chris Long. How you doing, Chris? Rich, what's up, dude? How are you? Uh, I'm great. My God, is there a million
2: things for us to talk about today or what? You know, Just two big ones. <laughs> <laughs> Love this time of year. I went home and played Madden last night instead yeah. of watching like, games till 2 in the morning. It's so nice to have just two games to break down. That's it. But
0: uh, so much to break down from these games. Um, let us start with the AFC Championship game because I just went all in to start this game, uh, to start the show with, uh, on Brock Purdy because I just wanted to uh, kind of zag when everyone else I'm sure was zigging about Dan Campbell's calls and we'll get to you on that subject matter. But what what is your prime takeaway on the AFC Championship game,
2: Chris? Here I have written down since you 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 caught me taking notes on my yellow pad. Well, you are uh, a professional. Kansas City's ten to fifteen percent better in the playoffs. I don't know some people knew that would happen. Uh, they had a better script. You could see it from the beginning of the game. They called better plays. They had a better game plan. Uh, Kansas City's defense outplayed Baltimore. Uh, they they outplayed their defense. They were the more disciplined team. You know, people can talk about those calls, but what calls do you think should have gone the other way? You know, like, really, you go look back at those calls, their players putting themselves in positions that they shouldn't be in. Don't leave it in the ref's hands. Don't taunt LeJarrius Snead. Uh, don't, if you're Van Oy, don't headbutt. You know, like, that's an automatic. I mean, like, you know, it, the, the, there's a bunch of penalties in this game that didn't go the Ravens' way, but a lot of them, they created those issues on their own. And then, you know, I think the better quarterback just won. Listen, Went through this with Josh Allen last week. I thought it was unfair for people to to skewer Josh Allen with all the success he's had in the playoffs. 100 rating, 21 touchdowns, four interceptions. The guy is not often the reason they lose in the playoffs. And you know, I, I think it's it's such a visceral reaction because I think we've we've treated Lamar poorly. You know, as a you know the media and fans, and we've we have really we've really gotten on him when he's lost these games. And so I think some people think Josh skates. But the point is whether you're Josh or Lamar, you ain't Patrick, you know, there, there's only one Patrick Mahomes. Um, it, 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 he literally defines this era of football. If you were born in a certain part of history and you're a great quarterback, your life is different because Patrick Mahomes exists. And, you know, I I think whether it's fair or unfair, you could tell how many Super Bowls with Lamar or Josh B. N. if they played in the NFC, um, it'd probably be more than zero. But the unfortunate circumstances, this guy Patrick Mahomes is ridiculous. And the conversions early in this game were amazing. The one to Kelsey on Stevens, um, you know, on that, I think it was the first drive on fourth and two, which also told you both teams, the way they were going early in the game, were worried about the other team scoring. Uh, especially, you know, Baltimore going backed up and that sort of thing. But it was the conversions and the most fitting conversion of all was the third and nine at the end of the game where, you know, some people say run the ball. I think in that situation, the seconds aren't worth that much. You can end it right here. Right. And, you know, they got the man in indicator um, the robber safety. safeties kind of, he's kind of checking on Kelsey in the middle of the field at the sticks. And he sees the matchup with MVS that he likes And if you remember back to the middle of the season, when this thing really got snowballing for the chiefs and people were like, they're not the same team. It was the MVS drop against Philly. And, you know, we've seen so many of these throughout the year and people said, it'll just persist through the playoffs, but I'd rather have that problem where you just got to catch the ball. than the problems that a lot of these, these teams have. So, you know, and that played itself out. So MVS stepping up, Kelsey getting to a new level guy looked like, a shell of himself for much of the season 11 targets 11 catches and they weren't afraid to run the ball where baltimore was scared out of it why
0: what that that's um that's cuz it does seem that spagnolo didn't just get in the the head of lamar um he got in the head of todd monken it seems because just six running back runs i mean zay flowers had one fewer carry than gus edwards or Justice Hill. I mean, Lamar had eight carries. Um, some of them were designed; others were scrambles. How how does that happen? What Well, did you I see? don't think
2: I, I don't think it was a thing where he he just said, "Hey, based on our alignment or our box counts, you're not going to be able to run the ball." I thought it was, and I thought Spags got Spags got a lot out of reinforcements in general. I thought. You know, when you, you're you down a Willie Gay, now Tranquil's had to play a lot of ball, but like somebody from that unit stepped up and I thought Tranquil played really well. You know, that first play of the game, he sets a mean edge. Uh, they're stingy on third and one. I don't know why, because Baltimore, the second possession, I think once they got a conversion on fourth down, they get, they, they line up and run power and they gash him for 14 yards. You didn't see that again until the opening play of the second half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, just being scared off it, like just being spooked a little bit coming out of the half and going, okay, we're going to reestablish the run game. And Justin Reed comes down who played really well. And, you know, suplexes Gus Edwards. Uh, And, you know, the second play, it's a jet sweep and McDuffie tackles. He's sure handed. I think that, I think it's a terrible combination for a Baltimore. And that's why some of us saw that this was going to happen where it's like, okay, you have playmakers outside, but you got great tacklers on that Kansas City defense, you've got two guys outside that, by the time Baltimore was trying to take shots against man coverage, they couldn't connect outside the numbers because that's not something they've done really well against great teams. But but also the fact that you've got Snead and you've got those guys in coverage, and I think every time they got something going, whether it was you know catching Snead, uh, you know running with an over, and you've got Zay Flowers on that long reception where he taunts Snead, they, they, they screwed it up for themselves. You know, whether it was the taunting or the forced fumble where, you know, you're not protecting the ball at the goal line or the, you know, the, they start at the one yard line in the second half, they got this great drive and Lamar just chucks it into triple coverage. So they weren't as disciplined as Kansas city. If the, if those teams played 10 times, Kansas city wins seven, you know um, I, I feel that strongly about who they are. And, you know, it's not taking anything away from Baltimore. I, I just think we got a little out of our skis on that particular team uh, because Spags can make a bad matchup out of almost anybody. So then I'll ask you the
0: question I think many are asking today is, is how does Kelsey do it? You know, I, I, honestly, because obvi- Steve Wilks is going to circle 87. Everybody circles 87. Why wouldn't you circle 87 all week long? And then 87 –
2: Just dominates. Yeah, good luck. You know, like I think the Ravens probably you thought, even if you thought Kansas City was gonna win this game, you'd have thought somebody else would have had to make a bunch of plays. Well, I mean, his
1: first
0: touchdown was on Kyle Hamilton. That's a first team all pro. I mean it's a
2: first team and that's the bottom line is like eventually if you're gonna play aggressive and you know you're you're gonna man up on Kelsey or whatever you do, unless you're gonna bring extra bodies to the party, he's he's that dude for a reason. And like Kyle Hamilton's a great player already. And all pro and deserves all that. But like those guys get beat too. And usually, if they get beat, it's by Hall of Famers. And you know, there's something to that. You know, this guy in the playoffs, he's got his hockey beard going. I feel like he's locked in. He said he wanted this game more than any game he's played in, you know? And I love it. I believe him. And you know, like it's the backyard ball between Mahomes and Kelsey on that fourth down, uh, or maybe it was a third down where you know, Mahomes gets smoked and Kelsey's on one side of Stevens when the ball's released, but then he he gets around him and gets the other end. You know, it's like, there's a reason these guys have been playing for, you know, a decade. Like they, they, they know, they know who each other are and they know where they're going to be and they don't have to say a word. And that's a connection that Lamar doesn't have that with anybody. You know, Mark Andrews is the closest thing to it, but he's missed a lot of time. You know, I don't care how bad Kelsey's played relative to expectation. He's still Travis Kelsey in the playoffs. I mean, and and then just the area of the era of
0: invincibility when the game was tied cuz Lamar did have some dynamite moments to tie the game at seven apiece. And then the Chiefs march 16 plays including a third and 5 where Mahomes scrambles for 9 seconds before flipping it to Kelsey who makes a remarkable grab to keep the drive going. And yeah. and it makes you feel like, all right,
2: this is never going to happen. And the game was tied. And the, the bottom, time. the bo- the bottom line is this, like two great quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. There was a point you looked up in the first half and you said, Hey, Lamar is their whole offense. You know, it's the, the batted pass that he catches himself. It's him shaking off Chanel and all that stuff. Like, that's who he is, right? That's why he's the MVP. But one quarterback and one offense, because I don't want to put it all on Lamar. The game plan to me is a little bit suspect. One one quarterback, one offense was willing to take a little chunk of flesh every play. You know, it wasn't going to be a kill shot, but they were comfortable picking you apart. And if you're going to play off coverage, they're going to take the easy answer. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run it into down safety looks. They don't care. They're going to run their offense. And And I think like, You know, the flash and flare of the Ravens this year, but Kansas City, as bad as they've been, they know how to do that and they know how to convert and they converted the whole first half. Chris
0: Long here on the Rich Eisen show. Let's get to it. The Dan Campbell decisions, your two cents
2: on it. Okay, at first I was like, Dan, what are we doing? Uh, I, I just say this. The timeout to me is a no, no. Like that to me is the thing that we should be evaluating Dan's performance. on You mean at the, at the very time- end of the game that at the very end of the game. Okay. I, I hate that because onside kick, not a high percentage play. You know, if you get three downs with a minute to go af- after a kickoff and a chance to maybe, you know, like if you get that fourth down, right, you did, you get a chance to be kicking a field goal to tie the game. Right. Like, unless I'm misremembering it, I, I, it, I feel gaslit by that timeout. Hmm. Like, I was just like, what are we doing? Other than that, you know, the fourth downs, okay. You know, that's who you are. And to his credit, I just, I looked at the second half again, just 10 minutes ago. I think Detroit just missed their opportunities. Like they, they, they had chances the entire second half to convert in these situations, whether it's uh, Reynolds dropping the ball on third and nine, whether it's, Uh, you know, golf being a little bit off on fourth and three, you know, the plays there, Um, you know, he didn't, Dan Campbell didn't fumble the ball, Gibbs fumbled the ball. There was a point in this, in this half where they came out and they were rolling, they were chunking them. It's 24, 10. It's they get third and four Warner makes a great play in the run game on fourth and two Reynolds drops the ball. like. These are plays that need to be made. Right. And I know I've been on the other end of it, like where at the end of the Dallas game, where I think golf's been a little bit off, you're like, well, I know the plays open in the flat, but maybe don't trust the guy who's been a little bit off. But in this situation, the ball is they're on the balls are on guys, guys' hands, dude. Like, so I, make the plays. I'm I, with I,
0: you. I, I'm with you. Um, just a little pushback here. Chris is it, in the same way, you know, You don't want your quarterback flinging it into windows he shouldn't, just because that's what he does, right? That's his style. You're gonna live with it. You're gonna die with it. Um, And and there, sometimes you got to throw it away. You you've got to live for the next snap. You got to live for the next half. You got to live and take points when it's right there. You know, a, a perfect example. Um, if you remember, remember when Favre threw the interception, um, with the Vikings to
2: yeah, how can I forget? Yeah, 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 you know what
0: I mean to send the Saints to the Super Bowl, and 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 Paul Allen, who was at the radio mic. Uh in Minnesota said it right. He goes, This isn't like Detroit, man. Like this isn't like week six. You know, like no, this is I, the I, super. I, Bowl, I, I, I understand.
2: Like, I, I understand, Rich. I, I, I wanted to jump on Dan for the fourth down calls, but the fact that Reynolds dropped the fourth and two and it's not a low percentage play, like that's a play they make all the time. Um, but why is it Reynolds? Fo- you know what I mean? I, I don't like know. why is you it fourteen? Where's fourteen? Why he is gets paid He gets paid too. He's open. You know, you want golf to force the ball into coverage. I don't know. Like, here's my point. My point is this. Uh, if you got any issue with the fourth down calls is the fact that before the half, it was good enough to that's go right. uh, three possessions, <laughs> but the same thing in the second half was not good enough. And I think late in the game, you're thinking more about possessions than points. So I, in that situation, I might've kicked, but that's the way they do things. And Reynolds dropped the ball, you know, like. I can't, I can't fault Dan for that when the right play is dialed up or Ben or that sort of thing. The thing I can fault them for is as a team between the Gibbs fumble and their two minute drive, San Francisco had the ball for 13 minutes. They had it for three minutes. Um, and that's the difference. And the difference between kicking a field goal in that situation for people. And part of this is hindsight. Cause if he catches the ball, they might go up 31, 10 or whatever it was. You know, that, that's the, the, the side of it that, that Dan Campbell's looking at is if Reynolds catches this, this can of corn, we're going to go up three touchdowns in the next two minutes of the third quarter. And then the game's over. So I, I understand the attacking. I really do. You know, as bad as I want to second guess the guy. Um, but at that point, you go up 2710. And the difference is. Uh there's seven minutes to go in the third quarter at that point. Yeah. It's tied at twenty-four three minutes to go in the second quarter or the third quarter. So in a four minute span, it flips because of the Gibbs fumble in a three and out. And you know, like part of its hindsight, and you live and die with these decisions. And part of it, the reason they're here are those decisions. So I I can't second guess that one as much as I can. The timeout. The timeout to me is I don't get it. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen show. And, you know, obviously
0: quarterback driven league. We got to focus on Brock Purdy and his performance.
2: What's your? was oh, awesome. I thought so too.
1: I thought it was so awesome.
2: Too. Listen, the guy killed the, the the Packers with his legs late in the game. And there's one play in particular in the red zone where you know the, the Packers at this point, if they can force a field goal, you never know. But um, you end up, I think you end up running a TE and the, the tackles in a shade, and it's just a really tough game to run. And Purdy sees it. And he runs the ball down into low red, and the rest is history. You're talking and about I, the Lions, I, right? You're, 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 I'm talking about the Green Bay game. Okay. So, so then you you look this week, and right. he killed him in plus territory with his legs the same way. And that's the thing that people don't talk about with his game enough is that to me is what separates him from a capital G game manager. That's why I call him a game executive, like most <laughs> like 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 really good quarterbacks in this league are. Like most really good quarterbacks, you know, there there's good stuff around him. I'm not gonna hold that against Purdy because in this game, this guy, I mean, he made huge plays. Uh, whether they're conversions, uh, circus throws. I thought in the second half they started to attack matchups like Devilder, uh, DPI, Iuk on Sutton in the red zone. Like they started to get the matchups they wanted and they attacked him, and Purdy was a big part of that. But Purdy tucking the ball and running. And no bigger situation um, than third and fourth, 4.42 to go up midfield, and he tucks it and runs away from Anzalone down to the 28. Um, he was huge, with his arm and with his legs. So I got nothing bad to say about Brock Purdy on a day like today. Brock Purdy uh, is part of the reason they're in the Super Bowl. You can say
0: that confidently. No question, because every single decision that we just talked about with Dan Campbell, with the exception of that – that run when you need to conserve every last timeout to have a shot at getting the ball back with no timeouts left and maybe getting a field goal to force overtime if you're lucky. Um, Every single decision that Dan Campbell made that did not work out, Brock Purdy um, helped blow that door even further wide open. That fourth and two, instead of going up 17, yeah, there was that uh, lucky moment with Ayuk, but then the throw to Ayuk in the end zone for the touchdown was outstanding. And yeah. then, yeah, the defense did take the ball away from the Lions the next uh, set of downs. But he's the one who ran it into the red zone to set up McCaffrey.
2: Yeah. I mean, he was terrific, Chris. Hey, yeah, it's a couple weeks in a row. Like I said, he's he's been. He, that's an underrated part of his game—the off-platform stuff. To me, that that separates him from being you know, called squarely a game manager. Like, you know, this guy, yes, he has good things around him, but to me, plays that are broken uh when it comes to the design of the play and they're not on time, like that's where, you know, if you're a quarterback, you make plays off schedule, and that's what he did all yesterday, and he's done that a lot this year.
0: All right. Your first blush, I'll ask you this next week, uh Super Bowl week, but uh <laughs> That's it, Chiefs. That's your first blush? Yeah. Yeah, I like the Chiefs, man. Because um, you know the town where we're headed doesn't right now, which is kind of nutty. You know where are we
2: headed? Vegas. Oh, they don't like the Chiefs. Well, I mean, yeah. in terms
0: of in terms of the, you know, I'm, again, can't I'm, they say I'm we
2: an, beat the Super Bowl champs? That always feels good. Yeah, we beat them. You know, like we can build on that. You mm-hmm. know, you know, nobody says we beat the team that that lost to the Super Bowl champs. If you're Vegas fans, maybe you want the Chiefs to win. No, I'm referring
0: know? to the town where, uh, where the, the people who work in that town who set things like lines. Well, they and what didn't have like you. the
2: Chiefs last night. Well, they they didn't like the Chiefs last night either. And I don't know what Vegas was doing, hanging that seven with the lines. I know it turned into a backdoor cover, but obviously the lines were the right side there. I, I I also don't know what they were doing with the Chiefs. I mean, I understand, but it was like Vegas did not know that they were just as good as Baltimore. And I'm walking around last week and I'm feeling gaslit again, dude. Gas I'm just feeling gaslit in general lately. I'm like talking to people that I trust and everybody's drinking the Baltimore Kool-Aid man. I I think Kansas City can win the whole the whole damn thing. I mean, they're gonna be able to run the ball. You know, like that was a game where they weren't supposed to be able to run the ball, and it was more of a part of their game plan than the Ravens. So they're gonna be able to run the ball. They got the guys outside they can cover. Uh, They got good linebackers, which is a prerequisite. If you get Willie Gay back, I think McKinnon had, I thought McKinnon is a huge part of what they do. And to to get here without McKinnon, if they get him back, Willie Gay, you might get that safety back. I haven't really um, checked in on his status, but Edwards has been fine. And um, yeah, I think they're going to be loaded, ready to roll. Chris,
0: really appreciate it as always. Uh, Who's on your pod this week talking about championship action? What do you have? I
2: wanted to get uh, I wanted to get a Lee McNeil. He had a sack during the game last night. And I was like, oh, they're going to win. We're going to get a Lee. We're going to cash in on this. But now I got to figure out if we can get a Chiefs. So I'll work uh, my contacts uh, with my brother. I'm sure you've got the contacts. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. You know. Okay. Yeah, Thank- we had Spags on recently. For anybody who wants to dig into the Kansas City defense, that was a couple weeks He's ago. He's unbelievable. He's, he's my favorite. He's truly one of the greatest, right? He was, yeah, was he,
0: he your first head coach, Chris?
2: He was my first, he was my second head coach. He was one of my four or five head coaches in St. Louis. Okay. <laughs> Which goes to show you how hard it is to win in St. Louis. I mean, And I know head coaching is not being a D coordinator, but they ran him out of there. And uh, man, I just think like with the runs he's been a part of with New York, the Kansas City runs where the defense gets better as the year goes on. And now this year, like the guy is one of the greatest. Chris, thanks
0: for the two cents. As always, we'll chat next week. Thanks, Rich. All right, that's the great Chris Long, two-time Super Bowl champ. Everybody check out Greenlight with Chris. And uh, Kyle's on it as well. I just love talking to him. He makes me smarter. All right, we'll take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial, phone calls. And then we'll dig in deeper into Dan Campbell's decision-making. We haven't really done that, except with just Chris moments ago. That's next here on The Rich Eisen Show. So people are still having fun with my tweet. Again, <laughs> if you're just joining us, a big sack of Lamar Jackson,
2: yeah.
0: knocking the Ravens out of field goal range it when it was a ten balling. point game. It was
1: a huge play. Balling.
0: <laughs> Late in the third quarter, so I tweeted out what a massively huge sack.
2: Big play. Yep. What else do I? Have? I should
0: have said of Lamar or just anything, at that like, moment. Yeah, but it's just, yeah. just to leave. <laughs> it is kind of funny now would have massively yeah. okay there you go <laughs> now people are retweeting it and responding <laughs> let's uh let's uh, check this one out right now um uh Ben Yole says he retweeted saying me watching Cespedes carry the Mets to the 2015 postseason. <laughs> Right, that is accurate. Cespedes uh, was yeah, awesome. Your, your was guy, magical, uh, Jared Crabbs, right? Uh, Jared, yeah, 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 yeah. When you're rewatching Evaldi's performance during the 2018 World Series, that's fair. I agree. And then with this that. is my favorite: one, Corey Crow. Rich Eisen just wrote the forward for my biography. Wow! <laughs> what a massively huge sack, Corey. Good to know you. You're welcome. Wow. It's still going, by the way. Wow. That's, that's just that's just in the last two hours. I you know, can I be honest about something? Being shared because somebody, I guess, made it a made it a
1: quote. I refuse <laughs> to believe you didn't <laughs> I didn't him? think about no, it. No, <laughs> it think it's about right
0: it. there. No, it's not. You, you I'm talking football. I'm locked <laughs> I, in. I get it. The, yeah. Our whole timeline is only talking about this game. I'm locked in. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I I'm with you. Thank you. Yeah. I have not. And it's funny how you took it. The football way yeah. and as soon as he saw it he started, <laughs> he started giggling because yeah. he's the king of the that's what he said humor yeah, yeah, yeah. then you write
1: the book yeah. on it wrote the book you, you wrote made me book. money you know sophomore it's right Sof- here sophomore. and there you have it low brow. It, it, like, i mean you could say low brow if you want but everybody back on in the rich eyes show radio show <laughs> <laughs> i can you. feel it thank you that's what she see no oh, <laughs> oh stop oh, it <laughs>
0: Terzo in Iowa. Oh, All right. right. It was probably yeah. a bleak, bleak, oh. bleak early evening in Iowa for Woo. you, sir, for a bit. Woo.
2: Woo. Yeah. Woo. Rich, it was that was a that was a tough one. So I, it's kind of funny because I watched the first part of the game down at Carl's, and compared to last year where everybody was rooting for the Niners, everybody this year was rooting for the Detroit Lions. So it was pretty much me just getting bombarded by everybody. Uh, at that point, I had to go home. Watch the rest of the game, eat my eat my uh, homemade chili, kind of kind of decompress as Brock Purdy started to lead us to lead us to that comeback. Man, it was it was awesome.
0: Ah oh, man, you had I mean, seventeen points. What a comeback for the Forty ers I thought you were dead to rights. I'm not gonna lie because because the, the Lions were dominating the line of scrimmage. They were doing everything that they needed to do. The, the Niners, if you had told the Lions when they started the game with the ball, you're not only going to score in the first 90 seconds, but the Niners are going to only get three points out of before the first half ends and right after the second yeah. half starts. Only three yeah. points. You would have signed for that in a heartbeat where the, the Lions get a 7-3 advantage for getting the ball first?
2: No e- way. Exactly. It was... It was, it was, it was, I thought it'd be, I was completely in the same boat. I thought we were, I thought we were dead to rights. And I look at my girlfriend at that point in time and I say, well, it looks like we're not going to go to Vegas and elope and have Del Tufo marry us. Oh,
1: Oh, and yet,
0: and yet, but, 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 (laughs) and yet, are we now
2: going to do this? No, no. She, she said, she said no to me as the smart woman that she is. She said no. She said no. She, she also she also made the joke and uh, uh, was actually curious whether or not Del Tufo would be there if he had something else going on with Fox. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> That's next year. Very good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right.
0: So isn't this a so, thanks for the call, Terzo? Appreciate it. You be I
2: appreciate well. appreciate you guys. Be well. Right back you. Shout well, out to Carls. Carls. So
0: Ooh. how about this? The Niners' last – the Niners' 17-point comeback matched the comeback – for the biggest comeback in NFC Championship game history, um, matched it with um, their comeback on Atlanta in 2012. So the last two NFC Championship game quarterbacks to mount 17-point comebacks are Brock Purdy and Colin Kaepernick for Kyle Shanahan and Jim Harbaugh. How about that? Hmm. Can't make it up. Teams were previously 21-0 when leading by 17 or more at halftime in a conference championship game. Previous largest halftime comeback in a conference championship game was 16 points. That was Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks on the Packers. Crazy, man. How the hell did that happen? (laughs) I don't know. know. 18-point comebacks um, have happened in championship games. They're both AFC. You know one of them very well. Unfortunately, you're on the wrong end of it, Chris. Yeah, Colts, uh, Patriots. Yep. AFC Championship game, it was 06. And then the Chiefs were on the wrong end of it when Joe Burrow came back from 18 down on them to make the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Wow. I guess that's how you have to beat Mahomes, is come back from 18 down. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the current version of Mahomes. The version of Mahomes that Brady beat was uh, in Kansas City was was the youngin?
1: He had fifty touchdowns that year. What Brady? <laughs> no, Mahomes that year. Oh, Mahomes, yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah. the
0: youngin. He just wasn't ready for the moment. The same way some other people aren't. You know, and the next hour we'll play a soundbite. Lamar basically said, "This is my first time going through it." You know, and um, that was just a. Uh, Awful way for the Lions to go out. Awful. And I know, Chris, you're the king of would you rather be blown out or not? Would you rather be blown out if you're the Lions? Would you well, hear,
1: here's out? a funny thing. I I said this to TJ this morning, if you're a Cowboys fan, would you rather have lost like the Lions did yesterday or how you did against the Packers? TJ? Well, and that that brought us into the blowout thing or the not blowout. I think once you go down 27, dot, you kind of – you're to the fact that this game's probably out of your reach. And you're just yeah, but you'd have, been,
0: you'd have made it to the NFC Championship True, game. You'd cares? have broken this
1: whole 28-year streak. you got to break it up but, at some point. To be up 17, like, I, and I told Chris, the thing is that the Cowboys are going to get massively crapped on no matter what situation. might be a little bit different for another team, but... I I I would have rather gone out in the first round and lose yeah, light to the, the line. Line. There were Lions. I don't understand. Fans yesterday guys. at halftime probably bought Super Bowl tickets, so bought hotels. So fragile. So us fragile? Yeah. Uh, uh, hmm. Absolutely not, <laughs> dude. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about would that.
0: Would I rather if Michigan not made the National Championship game
1: than lo- be they, up 18 in the in the 4th quarter and uh, lose? Uh, yeah. Rich, can yeah. you imagine the amount well, of garbage we'd have, that would we'd be have spewed right now if the Dallas Cowboys were Wait, the D- Detroit a, Lions? You'd have at least made the NFC Championship game. No one would have cared. No one would have given a crap. It's like it, with the Cowboys, either did you win the Super Bowl or did you not win the Super Bowl?
0: That's but it. But the Lions fans just went on one of the most incredible runs. They had two home Games that they went that's, totally and insane that's what, at and For the awesome. next
1: seven months, all they're going to think about is why didn't we kick the field goal? Yeah, but they had yep. the
0: what a run they
1: had. They, I'm and, sure in sure families, families I, I got to the brother right. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> who, cares who
0: cares about the run? Because the run was amazing. They but you should have made the Super Bowl and you didn't because your coach was an idiot. Like,
1: what uh, do you mean it's over? Oh my god.
0: I don't understand it. I'd rather loved and lost than than never loved at all, I guess. And you guys are like I don't want to get hurt so bad. I'd rather get I'd rather just get blown out so the hurt is just like ripping the Band-Aid off, not like bleeding out.
2: I mean I don't understand I mean, it.
0: Yes. <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand it. You wanna That's get, why I call you fragile. Like, you want to
1: get bl- what do you mean? That is not fragile. Get ma- get some massively huge sack and go enjoy it. Got sack and like I said the Cowboys either way we're getting crapped on, but I Yeah, I'd rather not go through what the Lions
0: do. Call the show and tell us what you think. No Lions fan is enjoying life right now. None. Zero. But the Lions fans have enjoyed life since week one all the way up until this past week's halftime. And they probably had an incredible journey. They probably had moments that they never thought they would have. And including including a second home. That's not true. Ask any Lions fan. That's fine. We got Jeff in Detroit on hold. I can't wait to speak with him in the hour number oh, two coming up. Honestly, Oof. any Lions fan will tell you. They the would have La- rather gotten blown
1: out yesterday than lose like that.
0: Yeah. No, you said, that. well, first of all, all right. Secondly, you said, would you rather be the Cowboys? Like, if you were the Cowboys, would you rather have lost the manner, embarrassed at home, one and done, Their entire season, you won as many playoff games as virtually nine-tenths of the league Mm -hmm. after that season, or would you rather have gotten two dubs at home had the moment you had in the first half of the NFC Championship game removed this whole conversation? You haven't made this game since
1: 1995. (laughs) No one would have cared. Stephen A. would still be uh, on the show today. How about yeah, them but Cowboys but so talk- That's what I'm saying. You know, like,
0: but at least you had these great moments with your friends your family. I ain't got friends. <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
1: I'm
0: right. We are always going to have this argument. I oh, will yeah. always uh, take yeah. this position.
1: I don't always, always. take the position, no, but today rocketing. I am.
0: Oh, yeah. my God. That's why I call you fragile. <laughs> Definitely not fragile.